Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Renee Yvonne, the Gen Sexologist, and we are here tonight on the Gen Sexy Podcast with a special guest, Davey Ward. Help me welcome Davey Ward. <laughs> Hi, Davey. <laughs> Hi, Renee. How are you? I'm doing great. I know that was a lot. <laughs> That was awesome. I love your intro. I lo- I, I'm taking the applause. I'll take it. I'll receive it. <laughs> Great. Awesome. And you deserve it. Yes. I meant to tell you before we got on, we, the, the, we love the music, so we're always, like, dancing to the music in the background. <laughs> it's just fun. So I'm so excited to have Davey Ward on tonight. I have been following her for a couple of years, and she is the founder of the Institute for Authentic Tantra Education, which is the only government-sanctioned or certified Tantra school in North America, which is pretty amazing. So I want to learn everything there is about Tantra in the 60 minutes that we have, which I know is impossible, right, Daisy? Yeah, absolutely. But we can we can we can scratch the surface and give you an overview. We'll give you a summary. Okay, we, we can do a summary and overview. Awesome. So I'm very excited. I'm going to take out my notebook. I'm going to take notes because this is something I have wanted to learn about, um, prim- primarily because I think um, the first time I heard about it was Sting talked about Tantra. And then it just took on a whole life of its own of like this seven-hour sexual session. I was like, who has the time? And so I want <laughs> I just want to Scratch the surface today we learn a little bit more about what Tantra is and why we would use it. So let's jump in with um, what is Tantra? Let's start there. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So traditionally, Tantra is a spiritual science that was developed in India several thousand years ago. Um, and interestingly enough, I did a I did a course in um, uh, the goddess, uh, the the roots of in historical roots of the goddess traditions, and, and tantra was one of the original goddess traditions, and they traced everything mm-hmm. back to Africa. So ultimately, oh. tantra, the symbolism of tantra, the ideology of tantra, did originate in Africa. Uh, and then spread, and the first tantric practitioners in India were very, very, very dark skin in uh, very, very dark skin people in um, in northern India in the Kashmir area. And um, wow, uh, it evolved over thousands of years, and um, eventually um, uh, it spread all over Southeast Asia, Central Asia, and up into Tibet. And so. The important thing to understand about Tantra is that even though all the roots of it are, are traced to this northern Indian area um, before Af- or after Africa, um, 
there are many different styles and traditions and lineages of tantric practice. So you're going to get a lot of variances. You're going to get a lot of like different orientations and a lot of def- different definitions of what tantra is. And I'm okay. very specifically trained in Tibetan Buddhist tantra. So that is, it is a different form of tantra than what most people are aware of. Um, and most of what people hear about in, of Tantra in North America is what we call Neo-Tantra. So Neo-Tantra is a result of the invasion of India, uh, the colonization of India, and it is an appropriation of the Indian culture. Um, and the term Neo-Tantra was developed in the 1930s to describe this kind of bastardized European version of this very ancient tradition. Um, so, so that's what, what you have in North America. I, I, I wish that more people in North America who are practicing Neo-Tantra would go ahead and add that N-E-O uh, in the front mm-hmm. to avoid confusion, but, um, but a lot of people don't. Um, and so it's just important for, for those of you who are, are getting, who are interested in exploring Tantra, that you just understand that there's different styles and that, that what's presented in North America is not a traditional version of Tantra. It is a culturally appropriated version of Tantra. Interesting. So since you mentioned that, um, and, and this will probably, you probably answered the question I'm going to ask, because when I first started hearing about Tantra after staying, one of the things that people kept mentioning was, oh, you need to read that book, Urban Tantra. And so is that a form of neo-Tantra as well? How is it different from the Tantra that you teach and learn? Yeah, so I haven't read Urban Tantra, and I know that it's really popular for a lot of people, and yes, that is that is Neo-Tantra, and that's not to say that Neo-Tantra doesn't have benefit. I mean, there are some, you know, well, some people have lovely experiences and get, get wonderful results. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's just you know, it's, it's, it's watered down and it isn't, it isn't rooted in its, in it, in the tradition of spirituality that Tantra is, is meant to uphold. Um, so, so yeah, so that, that book is, is, is an expression of Neo-Tantra. And like I said, if people have gotten benefit from it, that's, that's awesome. Um, and what, what we teach, what I teach. So, so traditionally, like if you are, if you are like, like, like into, Tantra and like the roots of Tantra. Uh, generally, you're practicing under the guidance and with the permission of a lama or a guru or a teacher because this is a spiritual path. It isn't, you know, just like a cool party trick. It's actually a path of healing and a path of realization. And I'm very fortunate that my teacher is a sexual yogi. So a lot of the Buddhist teachers are monks and they're celibate. And so they're not going to give you sexual teachings. But my lama is a, he's a householder and he, he's a sexual yogi. He has sex. He's like 85 and he's still hitting it. He's, it's wonderful. Um, and so because of this, um, he, he instructed my mentor in the sexual application of some of these very traditional, very ancient, very sacred uh, tantra, traditional tantra practices. And so what I have permission to teach are the Tibetan five element uh, healing practices, and we use them as both a non-sexual and sexual form of tantra. Um, in our tradition of Tantra, in Tibetan Tantric Buddhism, the word Tantra literally means to weave light and sound with form, and it refers to a yoga, uh, energy body yoga. So, so the lights are things, colors and shapes that we visualize, 
uh, the mantric sound, mantric chanting, and it's, and it's a form of sound healing. When you chant the mantra, it causes your cells to vibrate and like catalyzes this healing. Uh, and the form is your body. So, so traditionally in, in this lineage, when we're doing tantra, tantric practice, what makes it tantric is that we are uh, using our imagination to, to activate the light body. We're using chanting of mantric syllables to, to heal and to, to activate the vagus nerve and, and, you know, catalyze the cellular release. Um, and it can be applied. We can do this as a meditation practice. We can do this as a movement practice. We can do this as part of our sexual pleasure practice. So it's, it's like an app that you can apply in many different ways. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I've definitely not heard any of those things in the Tantra I've learned about. Um, so why should we consider practicing Tantra? How does it help us in our lives? That is a great question because, you know, what I'm saying is like all this esoteric kind of woo-woo stuff and people are like, okay, well, why would I want to do this? Well, the first reason uh, that you would want to practice Tantra, so, so keeping in mind that, like, I'm, I'm an advanced practitioner, so you're not going to, you know, start at my level and, you know, understand all the esoterics of it. And you don't need to. Tantra is yoga. And where it's going to benefit you most is how you use it in your everyday life. So what we work with in our school and our modality are what we call the four pillars of healing. And the four pillars of healing are meditation, so cultivating mindfulness, movement, so opening the body and creating flow and, and uh, strength and, and flexibility and healing, connection, so connection to our own selves, our own heart, and connecting with a partner, and then pleasure, using pleasure literally as medicine to, to heal our bodies, to nourish our hearts, and to activate our purpose in life. So the practical application of all of this esoteric stuff can be found in those four pillars of healing. So the okay. reason we'd want to meditate, for instance, is because, A, you know, Western science has verified that meditation has many, many beneficial effects. It's stress release. It helps correct PTSD. It helps with anxiety but also calming the mind helps calm the nervous system. And when your nervous system is calm and soothed, your sexual function is going to improve. So quite literally, meditation enhances your sexual performance on a multitude of levels. So that is one reason you want to learn meditation. Uh, the movement practices, again, they help open the body and create flow. Constriction is a really big issue, especially in modern society where we're sitting at computers all day. I mean, I went from, like, in my 20s, I was, like, a, I was a gardener and a house cleaner and this, like, kind of house builder. I was, you know, physical laborer. And here I am mm -hmm. in my 40s, and I have a business, and I sit on my computer for eight hours a day. So my body gets stiff, mm -hmm. and the energy, it's not just the body gets stiff, but the energy gets congested and stagnant. Well, stagnant energy makes you feel lazy. It makes you feel slow. It doesn't make you feel sexy at all, right? So the movement practices mm -hmm. help open up the body. It releases endorphins, serotonin, basically makes you feel really good. Also, some of the movement practices that we incorporate target the genitals and the pelvic floor specifically. 
So things that will um, uh, improve when doing pelvic floor exercises, such as yoni yoga or just general pelvic floor exercises, is your blood flow is going to increase, which is going, going to enhance your erection, your external erection if you have a penis, and your internal erection if you have a vagina. Uh, it's going to strengthen the quality of your orgasms. Um, it's going to in- increase your libido. So there's all kinds of wonderful benefits to doing movement, and then particularly targeting the pelvic floor is going to enhance your sexual um, your sexual function. And hey. then um, connection. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have a question? No, no. Uh, I'm loving yep. it. Okay. Going. <laughs> Yay. Okay, great. So then connection. That's kind of self-explanatory, right? We all, you know, mm-hmm. that's the thing I hear most from couples and individuals is that they're yearning for deeper connection. They're yearning for a more sacred sense of intimacy, intimate connection, because we get so busy mm-hmm. with our life and, you know, we're used to functioning at a certain level, a superficial level, but so many people are hungering and yearning for something deeper and more meaningful. So in our Tantra practice, we have a variety of connection practices that we can do. So some of them are connection with yourself because, you know, we are our first lover. That's us. You know, nobody else. We're our first lover and we're our primary relationship. We're the one person we're not going to break up with. (laughs) Cultivating a really beautiful, loving connection with ourselves is important. And what I mean by beautiful and loving, I mean, uh, healing some of that internal judgment, healing that negative critical self-talk, and really being able to connect with our own uh, true feelings, our, our core needs and our core values, and honor those. Honor the wisdom of our body and honor the wisdom of our heart. So that's where we start with connection. And then we learn how to do that with a partner. So uh, with a partner, we have um, – some, some communication practices we do. We have some tantric union breathing practices we do. And then we also weave a lot of pleasure into the connection as a couple because pleasure is one of our most fun ways to connect as adults. I say that, you know, when we were kids, we used to play mud pies and build forts. And as adults, one of the games we play is sex. So, um, <laughs> so, so learning Using pleasure as a pathway to connection um, is is just a it's a very enriching enriching thing to do as we're when we're adults and particularly when we're in intimate relationship. Um, so that's connection, and then of course, as I said, pleasure. So many many uh, practices, sexual practices, healing practices, you know, orgasmic cultivation practices, but then also just looking at pleasure as a state of being. So one of the things that I talk about in my book, Shape Your Soul Song, is the four forms of pleasure. So the four forms of pleasure are physical slash sensual pleasure. So that means anything having to do with our five senses of sight, sound, taste, touch, smell. Emotional Mm -hmm. pleasure, spiritual pleasure, and then sexual pleasure. So these are all very distinct flavors of pleasure. And they all uh, enhance our quality of life. Like we as human beings are literally wired for pleasure. Like that pleasure is our guidance system. We are wired to move towards things that are pleasurable and move away from things that are painful. It's part of our defensive mechanism as humans is how we survived, you know, for thousands mm-hmm. of years on this planet is like, oh, yes, this smells good and tastes good. I'm going to eat it because it's good for my body or this smells and tastes rotten and bad. So I'm not going to eat it. So this is part of how we 
survived is trusting the pleasure and the inherent goodness of our sensory organs. And so we just apply the same concept to all areas of life and relearn how to trust pleasure as, as an indication that whatever activity or relationship or, you know, thing that we're engaged in in the moment is beneficial and supports life because it feels good for us. Wow. I love that. I was taking so many notes. I love that. (laughs) So I love these four pillars, um, meditation, movement, connection, pleasure. And it all makes sense as as you work through all of them. Uh, it makes total sense that as you meditate and calm the mind, that your anxiety goes down, and then your calms your nervous system and enhances your sexual performance. Because I feel like sometimes when I'm talking with with, with people uh, in my in my practice, that that's one of the things we need to work on because everyone's so tense. They're just like they're worried yeah. about performance. They're worried about you know are they going to are they going to get pregnant? They're worried about um, the bills, the house, the car, the kids. And you can't you can't have great sex when your mind is just on everything else, but being in that moment and enjoying that pleasure. So that exactly makes total correct. Sense Stress to me. is the number one libido. Yeah, exactly. Stress is the number one libido killer. Like that's what I say is you can't have great sex. You can't have great orgasms if you're thinking about your to do list. Like that just isn't like yeah. it requires presence. And when you're in your head stressing about stuff, it means that your autonomic nervous system is not coming into a relaxed state. Well, erection, engorgement, is a function of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and relax response. So if you're in a fight or flight response because you're feeling anxious or worried, it literally impairs sexual function. Wow. Wow. That, that's a, that is great information. So I hope listeners are hearing this and getting this like yes we need to get out of our minds so much and calm it down you can be able to enjoy it get rid of some of those things that have been happening to us those things that cause us all that anxiety and we can just enjoy the moment incredible yeah yeah and the other thing that i teach about meditation just to you know further kick this horse so to speak is um, is that it's so, it, the importance of meditation is that it's something that we have to cultivate, like mindfulness, right? The purpose of meditation is to be mindful, is to be present. Well, we can't just expect mm-hmm. that when we turn the lights off and take our clothes off that all of a sudden we're going to be present. That's not the way it works. Right. So it's something that we have to cultivate daily. We have to practice it daily because you're literally training your mind to be present in this moment as opposed to attached to all of your thoughts. So it's, a, it's, it's, again, it's mind yoga. It's mind training. I love that. Wow. Okay. So I can see how that makes such a difference in people's lives and why, why it's a practice, because you definitely have to practice this. This doesn't, I don't think, come naturally to most of us to just quiet our mind and get in the moment. So is Tantra only about sex? Does it have, is it, because you say you can use it throughout life. So is it only about sex? Does it incorporate other things in our lives as well? See, that's the thing. You know, that's kind of like the, the, the problematic legacy of Neo-Tantra is that sex is, in traditional Tantra, sex is like kind of like the last piece of it. 
Mm. Because because sexual energy is so potent and powerful, it requires that you develop this mindfulness. It it requires that you develop this presence. It requires that you develop the capacity to work with that volatility, that that volatile, intense amount of energy that that sexuality provides. So so you know the 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 orientation to tantra as being a purely sexual practice or a mostly sexual practice is part of the misinformation of of neo tantra traditionally mm. tantra it, it mostly includes non sexual practices and again depending on your tradition that you practice in that's going to de- determine what methods you do so for instance for me as a tantric buddhist i do a lot of sitting meditation practices i do a lot of traditional ritual practices to to generate merit to generate wealth to generate prosperity for myself and my community um the orientation to our practice this is really for the benefit of others, the benefit of ourself, yes, but we also want to include everybody. It's a we game, as my llama says. Um, so, mm-hmm. so most, you know, I would say like a good 70% of my traditional tantra practice is non-sexual. What, wow. what is the sexual aspect of it is, is you know, is, is whether mindfully cultivating my own pleasure, my connection with my own body and my own genitals, or cultivating mm-hmm. that with my partner. But the the real meat and potatoes, so to speak, or juice of Tantra is not what's happening in your yoga practice. I mean, that's nice. You want it to be enjoyable or ple- and pleasurable or you're not going to do it. But it's really about what's happening in the rest of your life. Is your life improving? Is your health improving? Is your wealth improving? Are your relationships improving? You know, is there more love in your life? Is there more joy in your life? Is there more connection in your life? So that's really, you know, the practical application of Tantra. It's less about the practice that you're doing. It's more about the results that you're getting from your practice. So, you know, to answer your question, is Tantra all about sex? No, but I would also position that sex is a very important part of your Tantra practice because particularly in the Western society, and and not just the Western society, I'm going to say in the patriarchal tradition that is, you know, global, um, sex is an, is an area where a lot of people are disassociated. It's an area that there's a lot of guilt and shame and fear about. There's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of violation. There's a lot of distortion and imbalance. And what that indicates to me is the, is the necessity to incorporate it even more fully and even more mindfully into the foundation of your Tantra practice. We can't ignore our sexuality and be complete humans. We want to and need to, in my opinion, incorporate it as part of the totality of our entire life. So our sex isn't this thing that's separate from our life. It's, it's a holistic part of our life. It's part of living a holistic life, so to speak, is the inclusion of our sexuality. So Tantra isn't about sex, and yet at the same time, it's very important to include sexuality in your Tantra yoga practice, in my opinion. Mm, okay. And so for those Does that people, make sense? Did, did that answer that it, question? It does. It does make sense, and and that, and that leads me to a question about. So you were saying that in the beginning, like you were studying, and you were studying tantra with people who were who were celibate. And so how? No, I work? was not studying no. tantra. 
I, I was not spending time with people who were celibate when I first oh, started. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Okay, take that question off the table. No, no. So, and so just, you know, just – just to clarify that point, no. So my 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 llama, my my. So and where it may be confusing is that I was a monk, but I was not a monk in the tantric tradition. I was a monk in a Hindu tradition, and we weren't mm-hmm. we weren't. I had a year of celibacy vows, but after our year passed, we could you know renounce our celibacy vows, and I very quickly did. Um, <laughs> but but. <laughs> Yeah, I was not about to be a celibate monk. That was not what I was about to do. But um, when I started when I started learning tantra in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, um, I learned the non-sexual practices from my lama, who who gave uh, one of his students, who ended up being my sexual mentor, permission to to teach and and introduce me to the sexual yoga method. So so I didn't I didn't have sex with my lama. One of his students was my mentor and taught me the sexual application of the non-sexual tantra that my llama was teaching me. Is, is that clear? Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. All right. No, and I, I do. I do what you're saying about it's a. It's not about sex, but it's also a very integral part of it. And so I feel like in in Western society, as you said, we've taken it and kind of appropriated and bastardized it is what happened is Tantra has become all about sex and very little about the spirituality part. Like I've learned a lot from you today with the four pillars that I've never heard anybody talk about. Everybody's always like, it's the breath and it's the movement and the gazing in the eye and basically then you're going to have sex. Like that kind of, it's, it's like foreplay. It's like spiritual foreplay. It's how, <laughs> it's how I would say I've heard it described to me as opposed to it's um, the very spiritual parts of it and it doesn't have to be about sex at all, but sexuality is a part of it. Yeah, tantra ultimately is about how can we be better humans everywhere, sexually, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, environmentally. That's really the goal of tantra is how do we be better humans? How can we – because the, the, the core understanding of tantra – again, in our tradition, is that human beings are inherently good. We are, we, we, we hold the God code in our, in ourselves. We are emanations of, of divine imagination, essentially. And we are inherently good. We are inherently blissful. We are inherently peaceful. We are inherently joyful. Like that is human nature. Human nature is not violent and abusive. That that's trauma. That, that's not human nature. So our human nature is basically mm. good. And so Tantra, Tantra yoga are methods to purify the shit, essentially, <laughs> to heal the trauma and restore the inherent goodness and the inherent quality of what it is to be a human. Humans are not born with sexual shame. That that's not that's not an inherent part of our design. We're born with sexual curiosity. We're born with a capacity for you know orgasmic bliss. We're born with this just like you know this ultimate potential, and we learn through our society how to shut all of that down. And many of us are survivors of trauma 
that will, you know, create illness or, or block us or impair us from our ability to experience that joy and that peace and that bliss. So Tantra is, is like a restoration tool. It's, it's how we, we return to our, to our origins, which are peace, joy, love, bliss, openness, clarity, connection. That, that's, that's the goal. That's both the goal and the path of Tantra. And so, yes, our sexuality is integral to that, but it's not the focus. The focus is on the totality of who and what we are as humans. And if you take the spirituality out of Tantra, it's no longer Tantra. That's the thing. If you take the spiritual foundation of Tantra, it's not Tantra anymore. Tantra is a spiritual science. That's what it is. (laughs) Wow. I'm just in awe of this. So this is awesome. So you mentioned earlier um, you, you, you were a monk and you studied um, Tibetan Buddhist Tantra. And so do, and this may sound like a crazy question, is religion involved in this? I hear, I, I hear the spirituality part, but do I have to convert to something or does one have to do that in order to practice Tantra? Absolutely not. Tantra is for humans. Okay. So, and and that's the difference between religion and spirituality. Spirituality are, you know, in my mind, at least the the way I practice it, are are methods for, you know, again, for for being a a healthy human. And they can come from, you know, different traditions. And one of the things that I love is, is seeing the overlap of different traditions, particularly from the indigenous cultures. So I love seeing the overlap between the the Tibetan uh, tradition of healing with the five elements and the uh, North American indigenous uh, use of the elements and the South American uh, indigenous use of the elements and the the African use of the elements. So it's um, it's it's universal. This understanding that that our our environment impacts our well being, which is kind of like I mean, come on, it's not it's obvious. <laughs> environment affects mm-hmm. our well-being but then but that also we affect our environment i think that's pretty obvious and how we can live in balance and harmony and support ourselves and our environment and each other like like that's like at the root of so many of these in, indigenous indigenous teachings and so i consider those spiritual teachings they're not religious they're spiritual spiritual religious to me is dogmatic religious to me is the mm-hmm. patriarch religious to me is like the rules and the laws and the do's and the don'ts so there, yes, within, you know, tantric Buddhism, there are absolutely, there is, there can be a religious aspect. That is not my mm-hmm. training and that is not what I teach. And that's not what my teacher teaches. My teacher does not teach Buddhist religion. He teaches um, yogic methods to cultivate your, the realization of your ultimate nature. Okay. Okay. So, and this is another question I'm having just because I, <laughs> because I don't know the answer to it. So you you mentioned yoga a few times, and when I think of yoga, I'm thinking of a yoga class. Are you describing yoga in a different way than what I'm thinking? Because I'm trying to figure out how that all works in with Tantra. Yep, you are. I thank you for pointing that out. I forget because I'm so immersed in my own little bubble here. Um, absolutely. No, 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 so no, yoga no. means <laughs> yoga means discipline. It means, uh, the way I use it is a mindful discipline. So that can, be a, uh, that can be a meditation practice. That can be a movement practice that includes different asanas or postures. I have a sensual yoga practice that I call the five elements of tantric dance. And it's like no yoga you've ever seen. 
uh, but it, okay. it's, it's yoga. It's, it's a, it's a mind, it's a discipline in mindfulness. Uh, or a spiritual discipline. Um, and um, there's sexual yogas, which are, again, not positions, though some people may want to use positions. But when I say sexual yoga, I mean, again, the, the, the practice of cultivating mindfulness through the stimulation of sexual pleasure. So it's really about intention and focus and motivation. So that's what I mean when I use the word yoga. I mean, I'm applying an intention. Uh, my motivation is for the cultivation of realization through, you know, whatever activity I'm doing, and I'm, I'm being present, and I'm intending that this be of benefit to myself and all sentient beings. So that's, that's what I'm referring to when I say the word yoga, discipline. Okay. But awesome. a pleasure discipline. Thank you for, for that. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up, because I'm like, I'm, I'm confused. You keep saying yoga. I'm thinking of a class. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out Downward dog. Okay. <laughs> Downward dog. I'm like, how does this <laughs> I mean, yes, that works sexually. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the sexual yoga of downward dog. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, whoa, okay. So that that makes sense, and that helps to clear up what yoga means too in general. Is that it's a mindfulness discipline, and I, I mean, I've gone to yoga classes a few times. Most of my friends will tell you that. I have really tried to like it. It's, it's like sushi to me. Like, I keep trying it. I'm like, I'm going to like this one day, and I just can't <laughs> get into it. But I went to one class, and I remember the woman saying, it's your practice, so you do what works for you. That was the first time I thought, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought, because I kept looking around the room and going, I cannot get in this position, or this really hurts my back, or why can't I touch my toes? Like, what's going on? I kept comparing myself to everybody else in the room, and I was having a struggle with it until she said that. She's like, this is your practice. And I thought, like, oh, okay, so I don't have to do this right now. I can do what works for me. So I appreciate you also. Yes, that's a good teacher. The mindfulness discipline. Yes, exactly. And that right there is a good teacher because one of the tenets of, of tantric Buddhism is never leave your practice hating it. Never force, because when you force, you're going to create resistance, and it, and it doesn't have to be hard. We, we do want to be consistent, but that doesn't have to be hard. It can be gentle. It can be easy. It can be fun. I've been doing this for 13 years, and let me tell you, if it was not fun, I would not be doing it. Like, my primary motivation in life is fun, is play. And so if my tantra practice was not fun and enjoyable, I would have stopped doing it many, many years ago. That's great. I love that. Okay. That, like, that puts a new perspective on it for me. So I, I like that. Maybe many others who have been trying to like yoga and like me and just like, <laughs> just can't seem to get into it. So you mentioned a couple of times that you have, you worked with a llama through this. And so when you start doing Tantra, do you need a guide? Can you figure it out on your own? Like how, how does one go about getting involved and in starting uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So again, it depends on the level and the tradition that you want to practice in. Um, all, you know, even in Neo-Tantra, it's really recommended that you have a guide or a coach to work with. Um, and okay. the, the reason uh, for that uh, is so that you, you have someone who's walked the path and can guide you through it because there will be healing, there will be obstacles, there will be resistance, there will be things to work through. And also, 
you know, it's just great to have someone to like bounce things off of and reflect back to you and, and point things out to you and, and support you uh, in, in your evolution. That's the benefit of a coach and a guide. And so, okay. um, so yes, it is, it is highly recommended that you do this with support, regardless of what style of, of tantra you practice. And, you know, and you can read books, yeah, but, I, you know, I mean, books are great for learning about the theory, but you're not going to mm-hmm. learn the, the, the nuances of practice through a book. So, for instance, you know, you, you, we'll use the yoga, the hatha yoga practice, like the, the physical body yoga practice. So you could read a book about, you know, hatha yoga, and then it may have some written exercises and maybe some drawings, but you're not going to know if you're actually doing it right or, you know, you think you may do it right, but you're not sure. And I don't know, you might hurt yourself because you're doing it wrong. So, but if you go to a yoga class and you have a human instructor and someone there who can say, oh, okay, here, let me show you how this position is done. Okay, well, you know, you can tweak this or tweak that or just like your, your wonderful yoga teacher said in that class, make this your own, don't force yourself and work with your body. That right there, that's okay. such a beautiful example of exactly why you need a coach or a guide. Because when she said that, that allowed you to relax into your practice and find mm-hmm. a, find pleasure in it, it sounds like. And that's important. Ah, oh, that's awesome. So where does one find a, a Tantra guide like this? Like, is this you know, where do you find someone who does this? Well, that's why I have school. <laughs> <laughs> I train people. <laughs> I love that you walk right into that. With, Thank you. <laughs> that's why I have a government accredited school too, so yes, that you know right. that this shit's legit. <laughs> yes. So tell us, like, yeah, what is like? How do we find that person? And and like, yeah, just just tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So, so uh, for, you know, for if you if you resonate with with what I'm sharing, our our school is the Institute of Authentic Tantra Education, and as we said, it's the first and only government accredited school for tantric sexual healing, specifically in the entire world, as far as we know. Um, and so that's that's revolutionary, and we did that to really bring credibility and integrity to the field of Western tantra. Um, mm-hmm. And we have a faculty, we have a team of uh, certified practitioners who I've trained. So I've been doing this for 13 years. I've been training practitioners mm-hmm. since 2014. So uh, we have, however many years that is, of, um, of, of practitioners, uh, and some of them are on our faculty. Um, and then mm-hmm. we also have a whole page of certified practitioners. So people who don't necessarily work uh, at the school but have their own tantra coaching businesses and are mm-hmm. excellent pra- uh, practitioners. Uh, to give you an idea of the training they undergo, there's a minimum requirement of 500 hours of training, and it takes place over 15 months. So this is not a weekend workshop. It's not like a month-long retreat they're going to. This is a 15-month or more training program that results in um, uh, the, the second portion of it is, is a minimum of 500 hours. The first portion of it is a minimum of 100 hours. So you're looking at about 600 hours of training 
um, over yeah. 15 months. So they're, they're highly qualified practitioners. Um, and we have mm-hmm. them all over the world. And because of COVID, they all work on Zoom. Um, so what mm-hmm. I would recommend is going to our website, AuthenticTantra.com, and looking at our page of certified practitioners um, or looking at our, our Tantra coaching programs and our faculty team and seeing, reading people's bios and going to their website and seeing, seeing uh, who resonates with you. Because in traditional Tantra, which we are rooted in, the, the, mm-hmm. the flow, the rapport between teacher and student is critical. If you don't like your teacher and there isn't flow there, your you you your tantra will not your tantra practice will not take root and flourish and grow. So it's very important that you resonate with your instructor, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to certify practitioners because you know lovely and wonderful as I think I am, not everybody resonates with me. Not everybody digs me, and that's okay. I'm not I'm not every I'm not medicine for everybody, and so mm-hmm. I really wanted to train as many people as I could to share these methods because there's seven billion people on this planet. <laughs> so there's someone point, for everybody. Good point. <laughs> good point. I love that. I love that. Okay. And so, so now, okay. So we know we need a guide. We know that what tantra is. We, we talked about a little bit about what yoga really means. And my my next question is, let's say. Um, and it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you don't have to be partnered to, do, to learn Tantra because it's about being a better human, which will also help make you a better partner. Is that? Absolutely. You do not need to be partnered to, to practice, to learn and to practice Tantra. In fact, the first portion of our training program is all about you becoming your own sexual healer tantric sexual healers so it isn't about like how you do this with a partner it's really about how you do this for yourself how do you connect with your own body how do you explore your own body in a healthy nourishing way how do you cultivate bliss how do you move through blocks how do you communicate with yourself internally so it's really this deep dive into self-discovery and reclamation again of our innocent joyful pure nature and and our innocent pure ability to experience pleasure in our own bodies that has been traumatized or conditioned out of us so tantra starts with you and then it evolves and spreads and translates partner to your family to your community and to society at large wow wow i love this and so, and this question may not be relevant now. I'm going to ask it anyway, because after everything you just told me, um, it, it, I'm not sure it works, but I'm not sure the question works. But um, I wanted to ask if, if you wanted, so let's say you're, you, you want to explore Tantra, and you also would like, even though there's, you're telling there's a part about becoming your own sexual healer, so there's a whole part about you, how do you then introduce Tantra to your partner if you want to, to have that connection uh, and intimacy and pleasure with them too? How, how do they fit into the picture? Yeah, that's great. That's, that's a wonderful, wonderful question. So, you know, not, so 
uh, let me just clarify that that our orientation in the school is to, and particularly for our professional training programs, is is to focus on tantra for yourself. But that doesn't mean that we don't also teach tantra to couples. <laughs> right? We do oh, okay. we do that okay. too. Yeah. Cool. Um, yes, we do that too. Um, so if you're, you know, you're a couple and you're like, I actually want to start as a couple and kind of work my way backwards to myself, you, you can do that too. Or you never want to do it for yourself. Okay. You know, we've got, again, our trained practitioners will teach you as a couple. Uh, we don't force you to do it only our way. Um, so, so if you, if you're interested in exploring Tantra and you, you haven't been in, you know, really explored it on your own yet, or maybe you have, but you still want to introduce it to a partner, um, one of the things that I recommend is, you know, A, like, what is your motivation for wanting to explore Tantra with your partner? What are you hoping to get? What is it that you want to achieve? Uh, generally, what I hear from people is the desire for deeper intimacy, more connection, um, you know, more, more, more pleasure, uh, more feelings of love and, and connection outside of the bedroom as well as inside of the bedroom. So, again, many people are wanting to explore Tantra to enhance their relationship. That's really mm-hmm. important to communicate to your partner, that you want to do this not because you're, you think your relationship sucks or, you're, you know, it's bad or, you know, your sex is bad. Like, you don't want to be like, you're more broken right. and you need to be fed. Right. It's right. like, hey, I love you so much. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want us to love each other more. Like, I, I love us so much that I want more of our love. I want to I learn how to cultivate the garden of our love, so to speak. Mm. So. Okay. Once you've, you're both on the same page about like, yeah, I want that too. Let's do that. Let's learn this fun thing. <laughs> because ultimately, okay. again, it's got to be fun or you're not going to do it. So we want more love. We want more pleasure. We want better orgasms. We want to last longer. We want to feel more connected. We want all that. We want all the juice of life together as a couple. Awesome. Then what I recommend is, is start looking in your area or like I said, we've got a website, AuthenticTantra.com. You can look at practitioners on our page that may be in your area. Um, you know, if you like working online, it doesn't really matter your area. You can just go online and look and, and see who shows up. Um, but start looking for, for resonance. And what I mean by resonance is when you read this person's website and look at their pictures and watch their videos, how do you feel in your body? Does it feel open? Does it feel light? Does it feel excited? Do you want to move towards that person? Or do you feel blocked? Do you feel aversion? Do you kind of feel sick? Do you, do you, does it not make sense? You know, like, are you like, yeah, I'd rather just not listen to this person talk, right? So, um, so resonance is really important. And it's important to, to, to find someone that you both feel good about. You don't have to, you know, love the person. And, of course, until you meet the person, you're not really going to know exactly if you resonate. But just kind of reading, reading what is their trip? What is their perspective? What is their orientation? What is their view? And does it jive with you? Is it, you know, completely out of left field? Or are you like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I totally get that, and, and I'd like to learn more. So I recommend just doing that as a fun thing to do with you and your partner after dinner with a glass of wine or a cup of tea or something. Just sit there and, like, you know, check people out and, and, and see what feels good to you. See who feels good for you. Maybe sign up for some of their free stuff, you know, if they have a free offering. See, see what they're up to. 
Um, and then reach out to schedule a consultation. Uh, many, many practitioners offer free consultations, um, and that's a way of, of meeting and connecting either by the phone or face-to-face on Zoom and determining, like, do I like this person and, and do I trust this person? Because as a couple, mm-hmm. you're inviting this person into the sacred space of your relationship. That's a big freaking deal. And you want to yeah. make sure that whoever you invite into that space is going to honor it and, and treat it with care. Um, so... So I highly recommend, you know, doing a free consultation. If they don't offer a free consultation, ask them, you know, what they do offer in terms of a consultation because you don't want to sign up for a program with someone that you haven't met yet and that you don't know Mm -hmm. if you trust them. Wow. This is so, this is so good. Um, (laughs) I'm just in awe. Like, man, I I never even thought about that. Like you would – um, you know, like how you would introduce that, and, and that you would get a a a tantra coach to kind of help you, a practitioner to work with you through this. How how often, on average, would that practitioner like is it a is it a long term like multi month month multi year like how how would they work with you how long on average? I know yeah, it's a couple in person. <laughs> Yeah, I, that is a great question. And, and again, it really depends on the practitioner and it also depends on what you want. So that's one of the things that when okay. I do work with couples, I, I really offer to tailor the curriculum to them okay. um, and what their needs are. So for instance, you know, years ago, I offered like, you know, half day little Tantra couples workshops where, um, mm-hmm. you know, they could come for three or four hours and work with me in person. And I would take them through some of the breathing exercises, some of the communication exercises and some of the pleasure practices. Um, and that's all they wanted. They just kind of wanted like a little intro to Tantra class with a few little techniques mm-hmm. that they could take home and, and practice and enhance their life. And, and, and I'll mm-hmm. preface by saying they wanted some sexual tantra techniques. And so, um, so, so, mm-hmm. that's, so, so I met them where they were at and, 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 and provided, you know, the support that they were requesting at the time. Uh, other people want a more in-depth dive into healing and transformation. And so you can build out curriculum that could, you know, take place over a year if you want, six months to a year if you want. So it really depends on what people are looking for. Um, and it depends on okay. what the practitioner is, is able and willing to provide. I love that. Okay. So we have, so there's some, there's some room, some wiggle room there from like, like you said, a, a half day session to a year long if you need it to, um, to get to the place where you and your partner want to be sexually. That's yeah. Great. It, or, it's exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and like so, you know, I know that there's like tantra workshops, like weekend workshops and stuff like that, or retreats, mm-hmm. and those are wonderful. Like they're those are wonderful for having an embodied experience and being able to work as a, with you know with a group. Like there's an enhancement of energy, and you make friends at the retreat and whatever. And those those are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I and I consider those like an introduction to cultivating tantric intimacy. That's that's what I call them in my own mind. And they're 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 sweet. They're simple. They're accessible. They can give you some really tangible, concrete tools that you can begin working mm-hmm. with to improve and enhance your own life. Like, 
you know, and your life together as a couple from, from the get-go. And then as you work with those tools, if you want more, then you can look to, re, you know, to reaching out to work with them more individually or privately or one-on-one as a coach. So Tantra workshops and classes are a wonderful introduction and a wonderful kind of low-cost, usually, way to determine if, mm-hmm. if this is if this is something that you enjoy if if this is if this is a style of tantra or if it's a if it's a practice that you want to include in your life they're they're a wonderful low risk way of dipping your toe into the waters of tantra i love that so do you have any workshops like that coming up that the audience didn't know about that's a great question. I actually do. Um, I actually just got the notification, uh, literally right before we hopped in the show, that my workshop in uh, – it's a retreat. It's a five-day Tantra retreat uh, in uh, Hollyhock at Hollyhock Retreat Center on Cortez Island. So it's here in Canada. Uh, and it'll be a bit of a trip uh, and investment if you're going to come all the way up here. But for, you know, for those people who are interested, uh, and I just got confirmation that that will be happening because uh, we will be able to gather in person. And I am a newly uh, first shot vaccinated human. Um, so the dates of that retreat are July 6th through 11th. Uh, and you can find out more about that at our AuthenticTantra.com website under uh, the retreats, Tantra retreats heading. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, okay. I'm planning just to be like totally for real. In 2022, I have every interest and desire in uh, doing way more in-person Tantra healing workshops for women, men, and couples, mm-hmm. uh, as well as many of my certified practitioners. So we are all feeling the need and the hunger for in-person connection, community building. Um, we just, we all, we yearn for it individually, and I believe that we yearn for it collectively. So we are on our radar. We, we're going, we're, the intention is that we're going to be hosting and providing a lot more in-person events than we have up until this point. So, uh, if you're interested in learning more about those, then, uh, you can just sign up for our newsletter on our website, uh, our sex is medicine tips or Tantra is medicine, uh, ebook. We have tons of free offerings for you. So pick one or pick them all. Um, and sign up, and then you will be in the the need-to-know loop um, on our end. And like I said, we have uh, a page of practitioners who are doing their own thing, Um, and so they may have events coming up that I'm not aware of, but that may be wonderful for you to dive into and participate. So check them out at AuthenticTantra.com. Awesome. I will do that. I'm looking for a virtual one now. I'm like, I want to go try this out and get my toe in the water and see what it's in the pose wet. <laughs> See what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. So my so my final question, I don't I'm not sure why I'm ending on this, but this is, this is the question I've had. Can Tantra help you become multi orgasmic? Yeah, and here's how. This goes back. It's a great question. And here's 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 why it can help you become multi orgasmic. Because you are born that way. Your human capacity what? is multi orgasmic. <laughs> For people with vulvas and vaginas and people with penises, regardless of what your sexual anatomy is, maybe you have both a penis and vagina, which is even better. Like, whatever your sexual anatomy is, the human being is wired for orgasm. We are built for orgasm. What gets in the way are, I define them as our top three blocks to bliss. It's a lack of education. We don't know how our bodies work. We don't even know what our sexual anatomy Mm. is. And we don't know how our sexual anatomy functions for pleasure. 
That's a huge mm-hmm. obstacle. If you don't know, you know, what's under the hood of your car, how are you going to you're, – you're, if it breaks down the side of the road, you're not going to be able to fix it, right? Or if you don't know how mm-hmm. to drive your car, which may be a better analogy, then you're not going to be able to get out of the driveway, right? So we are mm-hmm. literally not taught what's under the hood or how to drive our car in terms of our sexual potential. So the lack of education is a huge block. Um, lack of um, uh, presence – so as we were talking about early, earlier, monkey mind, thinking about doing the dishes, thinking about your to-do list when you're pr- trying to get hot and sexy, not being able to get out of your head and into your body, that's a huge block to bliss. And for that, we recommend, as we said, meditation. And then a lack of mm-hmm. sensation. So we aren't able to actually feel. This is the result of accumulated trauma in the nervous system. So numbness pain, irritation are all symptoms of unresolved trauma in the body. And so, you know, in terms of people with vulvas and vaginas, like I think, you know, there's, there's reports of it, as many as 70% of, of, of people with vulvas and vaginas report numbness or pain uh, when it comes to sexual function. And those, again, are indications of unresolved trauma. So the way Tantra can help you become multi-orgasmic is to heal the trauma, cultivate presence and focus, and educate you about your anatomy so that you know, you understand how your body works and how you can work with your body to enhance sensation. So Tantra, again, it's a, the yoga of it is about removing those obstacles to restore what is your inherent nature, which is a multi-orgasmic, exquisitely blissful human being. That is who and what we truly are. Wow. I I love this. This is a great conversation. I think I have a, I have one call on the line to see if they have a question. Excellent. Good evening, caller. Tell us your name and do you have a question for us? Your line is open. Oh, me? It's yeah, you. Hi. <laughs> oh, wow. I no, I I don't have a question. I I I came in late because of course 15,000 business calls happened right when I was going to call. But it is uh, very interesting to, I guess, to to relearn or get back into the thought process uh, about it. Now I just got to find somebody to join me. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening in and calling in. And, Davey, we have a problem. Three minutes left, so I want to give you the opportunity to tell us where we can find you online. I know you mentioned com, but tell us all of it again so that if people want to find you, hire you, book you, come to your retreat, whatever, they know where to find you. Yeah, so AuthenticTantra.com is the uh, URL for our school, and there you will find all kinds of wonderful free offerings. We have a Tantra's mm-hmm. Medicine ebook to learn more about the five elements I talked about. We've got a Three Tantric Secrets for Extraordinary Sex, which gives you some neo-tantra techniques to bring into your bedroom to enhance intimacy and connection. Um, we have my Sex is Medicine podcast, uh, which Renee was on uh, last week. Um, so definitely cross over there. Um, so there's all kinds of good stuff on our Authentic Tantra website for you. And then I also have my own personal website, Davy Ward Tantra, which is actually where you can sign up for my, uh, my, one, my personal uh, ebook, The Four Forms of Pleasure, uh, so that you can learn more about these wonderful forms of pleasure. And also my book, Shake Your Soul Song 
which is a woman's yes. guide to self empowerment through the art of self pleasure. Um, and for those of you and who don't know, book. I was actually <laughs> I was actually uh, featured on VH1 last night, VH1 Couples Retreat, oh. teaching uh, the cast of um, VH1 Couples Retreat. I was teaching them tantra. Uh, so it's episode five, May 24th. So if you haven't had the chance to check that out at VH1, I highly recommend that you do. It's an, it's an awesome episode and it is so freaking hilarious. It is so funny. So I highly recommend if you want to learn how to mix your tantra with joy and fun, um, <laughs> I recommend checking that Love episode it. out because it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that's out. But baby, it has been such a pleasure having you on. I have learned so much. I've literally taken three pages of notes. Uh, no, four. Um, since you started talking, <laughs> writing feverishly, uh, just writing this all down. And this was such an education. So thank you so much for, for your time. So if you want to learn more about Davy Ward, please go to AuthenticContra.com. And if you want to know more about me, I'm Renee Yvonne, the Gen Sexologist. You can follow me everywhere on social media at the Gen Sexologist, except Twitter. I'm just Gen Sexologist, no the. It's too many letters. But in the meantime, we will have another episode for you next week at the Gen Sexy Podcast. I want to thank my uh, guest again, Daisy Ward Erickson, for being here with me tonight. And we'll see you next week. Have a great evening, everyone. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Bye-bye. You. Bye.